We got a smoking episode for you guys today. Yeah, this I'm is I'm super excited about this. Yeah, we've been working on this one for, gosh, now a couple months, I think. Yeah, pretty much straight, all my free time. Um, doing a lot of research, and I know that everyone has been waiting for um, this very special episode and for us to really kind of tackle what's going on and give people kind of, um, you know, a way to process everything that's going on and, you know, whatever, let's just get into it. So we're talking about cancel culture. Yeah. And, you know, obviously like this has been like a topic for kind of a while, but like, I don't think anyone's really covered it critically from the left, mm-hmm. um, which, which we definitely plan on doing, but like, it's not just that, like we actually... Like, everyone's affected by this. So we have, like, a lot of guests today. It's kind of a first for us, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a roundtable discussion, um, all sides. That mm-hmm. was really, like, something that we really wanted to do is, like, ha- have just, like, a wide variety of voices here um, to kind of get down it and really, like, debate the issues of the day. Yeah, yeah. And, like, what's behind them? Because that's the thing is, like, there's no really media out there that tells you not just the news, but like also what's behind the news. Yes. So, so we've, it's like, yeah, who uh, we got, baby? we've got, uh, Yasha Monk, I think is on, is on the line waiting. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is. Um, uh, and we're excited to talk to him. Always excited to talk to him. He has so much to offer pretty much any and all conversations. And it's surprising how, um prescient all of his takes are you know it's Mm -hmm. like everything that he said really um is always on the money so we're really excited to have him on uh we have just to sort of round it out uh we have michael barbadoro with us uh, a fellow podcaster and uh a a woman as well i believe claire something yes claire lehman claire lehman from either lehman brothers or quillette not quite sure but one of those... I can't keep it going. What are we doing? We're talking Gillian Maxwell was just arrested. (laughs) Emergency episode, baby. Let's get this show on the road. Liz. Welcome. Welcome to the prison zone. (laughs) I'll tell you what, all these people, they're like, oh, we should destroy prisons. I hate the police. Little quiet now, aren't you? Well, there was the the free Ghislaine movement, but I'm putting my my foot down on that before it even begins. Oh, my God. Everyone, welcome. True and on. I'm Liz. I'm Brace, joined by producer Young Chomsky. And uh, we're trying to get this one out as quick as we can, because like we said, blammo, asteroid hit the earth, news, bomb, didn't see this coming. No. I can't even speak in complete sentences. I never speak in complete sentences. But you can't this time. No, I physically can't. Ghislaine Maxwell, in case people haven't heard, which I really don't think is the case, has been arrested. She's in the clink. She <laughs> has been snatched up in the night, uh, slapped into the back of it. Well, actually, really, the, the morning 
And I'm, to be completely honest with you, I don't know what kind of vehicle she was put in. But she's been arrested. Yes. Uh, just this morning, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Around 8.30. Which, by the way, I should tell you guys, is 5.30 for me. So when I wake up, woke up this morning to take a little leak, and I saw all these text messages, and couldn't go back to sleep, because this is... I kind of have to look at this kind of stuff. Wasn't a big fan of that. Feel like the FBI, if they do the press conference at 12, so we can do it at 9 here. Feel like they can push that back because people are still working in the afternoon. Yeah, you got to, you know, you got to, they got to keep in mind their West Coast viewers. Exactly. It's a ton of bullshit. So it's like the NBA. Let's, let's start, let's, let's pause for a second. Mm. And let's talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. Like we just were. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how much we do need to get into her specifically, but in case people aren't aware of who she is um, and have never listened to our podcast before, where we talk about Gillette Maxwell pretty much constantly for nearly a year now, mm-hmm. um, Gillette is, of course, was, of course, Jeffrey Epstein's right hand woman. Mm hmm. She is the daughter of one of the largest men in British history. Uh, her father, Robert Maxwell, who was a labor MP, a uh, well, a newspaper magnet, and spy for the country of Israel. Uh, he died very famously in 1991 after stealing a couple hundred million dollars from his employees, which, classic move, and then trying to blackmail the state of Israel, which, also classic move, did not work out for him. He was uh, thrown into the drink mm. and died off of his yacht. Yeah. He slipped and fell, a.k.a. let's... He pushed. Was pushed. <laughs> but Ghislaine has now been pushed into the arms of the law. Mm-hmm. And I want to make a quick note on some dates here. So today mm. is July 2nd. And there's a couple anniversaries that are, we're kind of in the middle of. The first one Oh, Brace, you remember. Uh, no, 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 no. Not that one. Oh. No. Uh, no, the first one is, you know, so Ghislaine had two great loves in her life. One of them, of course, famously, Jeffrey Epstein. Another one, who we've done a little bit of reporting about ourselves, Count Gianfranco Cigona, who was the son and grandson of, of Italian industrialists, and, and, you know, sort of the one of the members of the, the Chiga family, or excuse me, the Chiga, Chiga, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it, hotel clan, they always call it, a member of the Order of Malta, mm. and uh, possibly involved in the 2004 coup in Equatorial, or attempted coup in Equatorial Guinea that was uh, financed by Margaret Thatcher's son. Yes. He died in a plane crash in 2012 on June 30th. So very close to, to mm. today's date. I should say, I didn't. I mentioned this on Twitter. If we're talking numbers and patterns. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is going through her second Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And Saturn, of course, is the, uh, the lord, the ruler of Otis. karma. Uh, this, t- this sounds real. It is. Yeah, no, so I'm Saturn is it moving is. into the position of her natal Saturn, the transiting mm-hmm. Saturn. And that happens every 29 and a half years, give or take. Okay. And so the second one, it's, it's you know, some, uh, some, some big burdens are returning to mm-hmm. Gillian Maxwell's life, is what I'm saying. Well, not only that, 
But this is almost a year to the day from when Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. I don't know if to the day is really the appropriate phrase to use there, but Mm. he was arrested on July 6th of last year. I kind of wish they had waited. It's 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 very inelegant, right? It is. It's, it's like you guys had it right there. I have some ideas on why they didn't, which we're, we'll get into as we kind of go through the events of the day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do kind of wish they had they'd kind of gone for the little bit of the you know <laughs> symbolism there. But so so in 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 sort of general, Galen is often talked about, although less so lately, as Jeffrey Epstein's procurer or his you know madam or something like that. But we here and, and, and other people have have tried to constantly keep the refrain of, no, she was an active, willing, and uh, aggressive participant mm. in addition to being one of one of Epstein's main procurers. Yeah. Abuser. Exactly. She's been missing for basically since Epstein was arrested. Yeah. Yeah. She's been on the lamb. Mm-hmm. We've done, I think, I think we did an episode about all the different places that she was or that she's been rumored to be. The Sun, or maybe I just did a thread on Twitter about it, I don't know, but The Sun puts out an article every month or so with always anonymous sources saying that Ghislaine Maxwell is, if I can recall sort of chronologically, being shuttled from house to house in the Midwest by retired or currently serving, rather unclear, Navy SEALs. Mm. She is in Britain. Uh, you know, cavorting and such. Uh, she is in France at a chateau. She mm. is in France at an apartment. Mm. Or uh, I, I don't know, but really what also a lot of people thought she was in Israel. And I will say, I believe on our last episode, or maybe the episode before last, I said I thought she was in England or, or France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Sun, much like um, our friends at the New York Times, loves unnamed sources. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like no one had New Hampshire on their bingo list, which is no. where she was arrested. The live free or die state, I believe they call it. <laughs> I really don't know much about New Hampshire. I'm not going to lie. I have driven through there once. Really? Uh, yeah, I can't recall anything except for that fact. Uh, I don't remember what happened or I don't even know if we stopped at all. But I've been in, this, I've been in the state limits. Um, yeah, did not have New Hampshire on the list, but that is where she was arrested this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city of Bradford, New Hampshire, which Liz, now- I, I think calling it a city is a little, okay. <laughs> that's a little much. <laughs> I was just trying to be generous. I didn't want to hurt its feelings. I, I think it'll be fine. I think there's about 1,500 or like maybe a little more residents. I think it's like 2,000 people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, but it's funny because it sounds like in different reports, you know, it, it certainly looks like it was Bradford, but mm-hmm. in other reports they're saying it's Bedford. Mm. But it's, I, I'm pretty mistake. sure. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's always confusing Bedford and Bradford, New Hampshire. But no, uh, it's, it's Bradford. To be like, I mean, fair, it's fairly, I mean, they're very close to each other. They sound similar. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of, news organizations kind of just like reword other news organizations articles and so i can see how that mistake tumbled out classic telephone i will say glenn maxwell i forgot to mention this earlier her last like most likely sighting or or at least like rumored location was in a little town called manchester by the sea Mm. uh which uh the mayor casey affleck has had some uh (laughs) assault allegations of his own um 
But uh, it, it is he. She was she was shacked up with her young boyfriend, which respect. Uh, not that young, uh, Scott Borgeson, <laughs> who appears to be in charge of a company that monitors satellite uh, feeds of the ocean to see how sh- like what ships are moving. Mm, cargo metrics. Cargo metrics, and someone explained it to us as something akin, not exactly, but akin to like basically like insider trading and how much information you can get out of it and how much money you can make. Yeah, exactly. Like the, it's basically a company that monitors shipping flows in order to provide like data analysis for um, people making stock trades. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there was also, I believe, a photo of either her sister, I can't remember, or someone close to her loading up a car with luggage right after her location was sort of outed. I think by a neighbor. Yeah, if, it was, if I'm it not was by a neighbor. A neighbor was having a dispute with uh, Mr. Borgerson mm-hmm. over, I believe it was a tree or a fence. The, the, the Rand Paul uh, assassination conspiracy. Exactly, exactly. All politics are local people. I'm always saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so. also, people will never stop snitching. Yeah. <laughs> stop okay, snitching okay. is the most bullshit phrase. All right, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep it going. There's a lot to run through here. So I, I will like, say, I will say, where she was found, about an hour and a half away from Manchester by the sea. Yeah, so it's very odd um, so contrary to, um, what I said just about five seconds ago, that Bradford, New Hampshire is not actually a city. It's a very small town. Like we said, about 2000 people and Gillian really has like no known ties to this town. Um, it's, she like, it's really unclear why she would be there. Um, but in the, uh, detainment memorandum filed by the U S attorney, which we'll get into the kind of various documents that they filed in just a bit. Uh, she actually purchased through a very carefully crafted anonymized LLC, uh, a home, a very large home mm-hmm. in Bradford, New Hampshire in just December of last year. In yeah. which she paid all cash. Classic baller move. They call that. Mm. Uh, Liz, you looked at pictures of this house, right? Yes, you sent me the Redfin listing. Um, mm-hmm. It is, wow. It is, there is a, I gotta bucolic. say. Bucolic, yes. Uh, there is a gazebo that, I gotta be honest, not a handsome one. Uh, <laughs> there is a carport, uh, which is external to the house. There's uh, a whole display of gourds in this kitchen. A lot of gourds. I mean, presumably these were gourds that were per- Provided by some sort of real. There's a lot of shallots too. Ghislaine, not known for her love of gourds, although not known to necessarily dislike them either. Yeah, we got uh, some investigating to do here. It, it is. I've got to say, I would not pay one million dollars for this house. I mean, I would. I. You're gonna have to take out those kitchen counters. I mean, that is just that granite is oof, unsightly. Yeah. So, Liz, would you mind reading us a little description supplied for the house? Oh boy, here we go. Let's see, let me do my best real estate voice if I can. This stunning custom-designed timber frame home is an amazing retreat for the nature lover who also wants total privacy. From every room, there are views of Mount Sunapee foothills to the west. 
From the covered front porch, enter the great room with a floor-to-ceiling fieldstone fireplace, cathedral ceiling, and a spectacular chandelier. A wall of glass frames, a stunning southwestern view beyond the stone patio. The materials and craftsmanship are the finest. An open concept home with first floor master suite, large walk-in closet, fieldstone fireplace, window seat, a large master bath with soaking tub walk-in shower and double vanity, gourmet kitchen with extensive cherry cabinetry, Viking six-burner stove, two-wolf oven, sub-zero fridge, and a breakfast bar with extensive counter space, two walls of windows, look out over the massive perennial gardens and waterfall. A cozy den, large dining area, wonderful laundry room and mudroom, partially finished basement guest room suite, and loft office guest room complete the floor plan. Radiant heat throughout the main floor and on-demand whole house generator and AC. Attached two-bay garage with storage. A charming, fully restored two-bedroom antique cape with a fabulous barn for square dances and hoedowns. Wow. A four-bay equipment barn with workshop on 156 acres of fields and forests. This is an outdoor lover's dream home. This is um, an ugly piece of shit house. That. I didn't know Ghislaine was an outdoor lover's, you know. Is that some? Is that really one of her lo- great loves? Well, I think the total privacy mentioned fairly early in the description mm. uh, is is probably more germane to to like her needs right now. Yeah, she probably saw that and was like, "Salt." I um, mean, it's a nice also, house. I gotta say, there is a stone on uh, on I believe the driveway to the house that has the words "tucked away" imprinted on it. Mm. I mean, so what we're seeing here is that Ghislaine was like, fuck it. I'm, you know, she's like every like 30 year old who does too much coke and hangs out at Mars Bar in New York. At, at, when they reach like 75 years old and they're still doing that, they're like, ah, I'm just going to move to the country. Um, <laughs> this is this is the kind of place that she was going to hide and paying a million dollars in cash. That is, uh, I, I got to be honest, if someone gave me a million dollars in cash, for a house, I would be a little suspicious. But it looks like she paid through a, like you were saying, through a anonymous LLC. Well, set paying up by in a cash lawyer. is yeah, paying in cash is fairly common nowadays, actually. But yes, like at say, the liquor store. No, no. For I mean, when rich people buy homes, it's it's fairly common. But um, yeah, I you know, I, I think this house is just further proof of uh, Gillian's storied. Uh, taste level that everyone has come to know and love. Just a god off, like a, a, a woman with negative taste. What's strange is that, um, so some people were speculating with the fact that she was in New Hampshire, and I don't think this is the case at all, but I do like it. Everyone knows I love a little mm, <laughs> possible, I don't know, thread to pull on. But uh, there was speculation that she was, she was with Dean Kamen, I think mm-hmm. that's how you say it. Of the who, Cayman Island clan. <laughs> no, K-A-M-E-N, which is okay. just one letter removed from Karen. Uh, inventor of the Segway, funny enough. Um, uh, also rumored that, I'll, I got to phrase this very carefully. Allegedly rumored by other people who, sources I will not name, that he killed his business partner, I believe via a Segway. Okay, I don't know about the allegation that you mm-hmm. have heard others allege. I'm reporting that oh, okay. others are making. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I do know the story about the co-founder of Segway in 
dying in a Segway accident, which I always found very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I don't but, know a, t- a ton about them. I've, I've always been wheeled instruments, as I call all methods of transportation that uh, are not walking, frighten me. Or one of the Flintstone cars. Exactly. Which really is the original segue in a lot of ways. Anyway, Cayman, of course, was photographed with Epstein at one of the annual billionaires' dinners that Epstein frequented uh, alongside the, the organization Edge, which we've <laughs> talked about extensively on the podcast. Um, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's guilty of something. I just don't know if he's guilty of this. <laughs> so okay let's um actually this was one other thing i really want to mention before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of this which is what the indictment says in the various um allegations being brought forth which we're going to break down but there was just like i don't know how this this guy got on this real quick but in something called avenue magazine which mm-hmm. i've never heard of but as some society something or other um, I mean, I, I just like to put it out here to be totally transparent. I did invest $50,000 in the podcast. <laughs> to get Wait, oh my God. To the this is Sophia from Colorado. Uh, let's just keep going with it. The, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I hate that I'm quoting from this piece because there really is a funny little fact in here, but I just have to read the first sentence of this, um, article because it makes me want to, you know. I don't know what, but like Humpert Humpert, the peripatetic pedophile of Vladimir Nabokov's scandalous 1955 Lolita, Ghislaine Maxwell seems to have been on a road trip to out-of-the-way places. What kind of fucking sentence is that? Christ. That's terrible. Anyway, the one thing that's very funny in this piece, which is just uh, quoting some, again, unnamed sources, unnamed society pals... Uh, is that they're asking basically some, some people on the Upper East Side why they think Ghislaine was in New Hampshire. And this is what uh, one former pal told Avenue Magazine. It makes sense. New Hampshire is the perfect place for Ghislaine to stash herself. There isn't a big back and forth between the Upper East Side and, you know, actually I can't even name a town in that state. <laughs> the friend added... Now we're just waiting for a picture. Everyone wants to see if she got fat. <laughs> just these fucking people, man. First of all, Ghislaine is, we've long established that Ghislaine Maxwell has an eating disorder. She did not get fat. <laughs> I just, my God, these fucking yeah. people. So <laughs> incredible. There's also, I, I really like the sentence in it. This arrest, the arrest caps a more than year-long investigation that involved many New Yorkers. <laughs> like it certainly did. I don't know if the thing that ties them all together is just New York. I think that's, that's maybe such one of a the New York society thing to say too. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about who arrested them before we get really into why she was arrested. Okay. So, man, this, yeah, again, this is kind of like an onion. We're like peeling back the layers here because 
we need to give some context about what's going on between the attorney general's office and the Southern District of New York, which is the, the uh, which is who filed the charges against Gillane. So less than two weeks ago, I think even maybe just 12 or 11 days ago, Bill Barr famously and very publicly fired Jeffrey Berman, who'd been in office in the Southern District of New York since 2018 as the, uh, as the U.S. attorney there, meaning the head honcho. This apparently was news to Jeffrey Berman. I think Bill Barr maybe even just said it in an interview. And uh, the Southern District of New York put out the Twitter page, and, and I think they also sent out a press release, put out a statement that said, I learned in a press release from the Attorney General tonight that I was stepping down as United States Attorney. I have not resigned, and I have no intention of resigning my position, to which I was appointed by the judges of the United States District Court for Southern District of New York. I will step down when a presidentially appointed nominee is confirmed by the Senate. Until then, our investigations will move forward without delay or interruption. I cherish every day that I work with the men and women of this office to pursue justice without fear or favor and intend to ensure that the office's important cases continue unimpeded. So that was from Jeffrey Berman. And what's kind of funny is actually Berman, of course, was put in office in 2018, so during the, the Trump presidency. And actually, I believe, and I, I can't remember, and I didn't look it up, so I could be wrong on this. I believe Kristen Gillibrand, however the fuck you pronounce that fucking lady's name, uh, said she would block him, but he was like the acting U.S. attorney for a second, and I believe got confirmed by judges. So when Bill Barr fired him, uh, he actually couldn't fire him. Like, it wasn't legal for him to do that. And I believe he tried one more time during the day, and then the next day got the president, uh, a.k.a. Donald Trump, to, to do the firing himself because he does have authority to do that. So Berman got fired basically by Trump and Barr. Yeah, it, um, it seemed that basically there were rumors or, I mean, it's unclear. Trump said this and then Barr kind of said it, but they, they didn't really. They, basically, they said that they wanted to replace Berman with the current head of the SEC. Um, and th that guy, by the way, has basically no experience. Uh, yeah, Jay Clayton. Also, um, as, every, as everyone's very well aware, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, which absolutely goes after so many financial crimes and mm -hmm. regulatory uh, infractions and just such a competent body that is When will their reign of terror end? Yes, that's what I'm always saying. That's what everyone's always saying. So, no, but, uh, you know, and to be totally frank, like, the, Jay Clayton wouldn't, I mean, the, I think the whole idea would then be to just, you know, neutralize the SDNY, which, of course, has been a pain in the ass, for the Trump administration, we've got the Michael Cohen stuff. There was the entire, uh, God, I mean, the whole case with the Turkish bank, yes. which was very complicated um, and seemed to really, like, fuck up some things for Trump. Excuse my language. I don't the know Giuliani why. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he, they started to kind of tease out that they were going to go into Giuliani. I think there was, like, an, an inquiry, but... Um, it's unclear where that was going. Um, so, you know, it's, but what happened then, it sounds like Berman and Barr kind of maybe behind the scenes came to uh, an understanding because instead of replacing or immediately replacing uh, 
Berman with Jay Clayton, they uh, promoted Audrey Strauss, who mm-hmm. was uh, Berman's chief deputy. And now she is acting attorney general, or excuse me, U.S. attorney uh, for and the Southern District of New York. I got to say, that surprises me because, first of all, Berman had recused himself, although, to be clear, have no idea how recused that is. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Recused himself from a lot of the Trump stuff. And and Ber- excuse me, Strauss, I believe, did kind of take the lead on a lot of it. And the fact is, she's been fucking had had some bad relations with some tr- big Trump allies before, including Roy Cohn, who was like one I believe one of like the first people she faced down when she was a young lawyer, and uh, and Bill Barr himself. Yeah. So this is all a bit fascinating to me. Um... You know, all these people have kind of known each other, it sounds like, for a long time. But they, and including Berman, but Berman, Strauss, and Barr, and, you know, I'm going to throw in Epstein in there as well, have all kind of circled each other over the past couple decades. Now, Barr, if people are unaware, let's just back up for a second. William Barr, his father, Donald Barr, hired Jeffrey Epstein when he was, uh, the head of the Dalton School in New York for Jeffrey Epstein's first job. Now, Donald Barr was also an officer in the OSS, mm-hmm. which is the precursor to the CIA. Uh, William Barr, his son, also was employed by the CIA and then was deputy attorney general under H.W. Bush before uh, the attorney general stepped down and then he was nominated and confirmed by H.W. Bush as Attorney General. Now, what was the big scandal that was happening or continuing to happen under the H.W. Bush administration? Well, there was a continued investigation into the Iran-Contra scandal, right? Mm -hmm. So a man named Lawrence Walsh was chosen to be the the head of the independent council that investigated the Iran-Contra affair. And that lasted, I want to say it's like, I mean, it's like 86 to 87 to 91, 90. I mean, it was a very long investigation. And there were two lawyers. I mean, there were a bunch of lawyers that worked under him, but two of them, um, one was named uh, Berman and one was named Strauss. So these people have been around for a while. Now, not only that, but Lawrence Walsh, uh, you know, he... he, um, Basically, when he was investigating, he said that he had evidence that implicated, and this is what he said, quote, a conspiracy among the highest ranking Reagan administration officials to lie to Congress and the American public. And they indicted uh, Reagan Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger, who was set to stand trial on felony charges in the following year, but he never did. Now, why was that? Oh, okay. H.W. Bush, Pappy Bush, who Mm -hmm. we've talked about a lot on this podcast, uh, he was advised by his attorney general, William Barr, to pardon Casper Weinberger before he could stand trial, along with five other Reagan administration officials previously found guilty. So to kind of like pull back a second... Audrey Strauss, who is now, who just, uh, you know, arrested 
Ghislaine Maxwell, who is the right-hand procurer slash abuser alongside Jeffrey Epstein, used to work alongside uh, Berman under the man, Lawrence Walsh, who investigated the Iran-Contra affair, who was basically shut down by William Barr, uh, who is now the attorney general for the Trump administration and whose father hired Jeffrey Epstein for his first job. It's a, it's crazy. You think there's like, there's like what 7 billion people in the world. And it's cool how people like, it's just so it's like you run into like old friends, you run into girls. You, I know it's uh, just so small. It's so small. It's so small. I love it. It's, it's just, it, I don't know that that to me is like a movie. Um, this is the stuff that makes you crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, because it's totally this is psychotic. also, I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, conspiracy, this conspiracy, that fine. But like Iran Contra is like, and you know, we were just talking the other day about trying to gear up to do a real proper series on Contra, you know, this keeps, Iran Contra keeps coming up over and over and over again. And all these people play a part and we're still living in a long, long uh, long shadow of um, one of the biggest scandals in American history that basically I, no one talks about anymore. I, I would say Iran Contra was just like it's to me. I view it as just like a, an event in a long sort of I don't know what to call it, but a conspiracy of people in, in like the mm. literal sense. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 sure. Like a continuation doing, rather than like a rupture. exactly yeah because it's a lot of people view it like that like it's like the JFK thing they think like oh like which is also incorrect to view this way like oh well he got shot by these people for these reasons it's like a discrete event right but right right no 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 uh, I mean this is still literally the arrest today still has like echoes from it yes not absolutely. in the anti-Semitic way. <laughs> Well, now let's get to the main event. So, Ghislaine Maxwell in cuffs. Well, first, we'll talk about the, the thing that happened uh, earlier where she had her little uh, microphone mix-up. Oh, man. Um, yeah, maybe, by the we'll way, end, maybe we'll end on that. By the way, I don't, I, again, like, we're doing this episode today. You know, there's a lot more stuff that could come out, and that probably will come out. Um, we're trying to get this out as soon as possible. But if you have audio of that, please send it to me. And, yes. and you'll know what I'm talking about later. <laughs> so what are we looking at? We are looking at the unsealed indictment for the United States versus Ghislaine Maxwell. So she is, she is let me read from, from the SDNY, I think, press release that they put out. Ghislaine Maxwell, 58, is charged with one count of enticing a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, which carries a minimum sentence of five years in prison, 
One count of conspiracy to entice a minor to engage in illegal sex acts, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. One count of transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, which carries a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. One count of conspiracy to transport a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. And two counts of perjury, which each of which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. So... Maximum, she's looking at a few decades. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we'll get into some predictions after we go through this, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold too closely to the numbers you just heard there. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, what we should really uh, stress here is that these cases. So, the victims that are named, there's three victims that are named, or not, they're not named. They're, you know, they're unnamed, but there's three different victims in the indictment. Um, these are all events that take place between 1994 and 1997, mm-hmm. it looks like, um, which is not really, you know, if you're following the Epstein case, if you're big, true, and non-listener or, you know, or not, whatever, um, you know, that's not really a time period that we really focus on with Epstein, Right. There's really not a lot to dig into there. Like yeah. Epstein didn't really arrive until more towards the late nineties. Mm. Uh, you know, he and Ghislaine started dating. Her, her dad died in nineteen ninety one, and uh, she met Jeffrey. You know, shortly shortly after that, in New York City, and they dated for a little while. I think more like officially, and then settled into the relationship, um, which they engaged in for for pretty much their entire lives after that. Uh, of of like half mistress, half employee. Well, I'm gonna stop saying half because there's other fractions to this, but also sort of pimp and and sort of house manager too. Mm. Uh, but it's it's notable, and so the 1994 to 1997 thing doesn't really surprise me because if you'll remember, in Jeffrey Epstein's uh, case in the the, the mid 2000s, uh, went from about 2005 2007. Um, he was able, or his lawyers, including Alan Dershowitz and I believe Kenneth Starr, were able to secure uh, immunity for any unindicted, unnamed co-conspirators. Federal immunity. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. We've gone in, you know, we've gone in on how insane the plea deal was. Um, so you're suggesting that because of that plea deal, it makes sense that they focused their case on... Uh, you know, with Ghislaine on these years that would have precluded that. Yeah. And, and, and notably That's interesting, a lot of the, I mean, again, I'm not a fucking lawyer. I'm not again, I'm saying this for the first time. I'm not a fucking lawyer. I did go to law school. I did pass the bar. I did practice law for several years, but I'm not a lawyer per se. I'm a cool lawyer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, like, I, I, I get, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works here. And I've asked a couple of people. They didn't know either. Um, but I, I, I assume it's because if they do focus on victims from not only a different time period, but from different physical locations rather than in Florida, like the, uh, like the, the, the 2006, 2007 case was on, uh, then it'll be much harder for the lawyers to really like try any bullshit. Cause yeah. I have a feeling Ghislaine's going to get some pretty good lawyers. Yeah, uh, I hope. I mean, it would be pretty funny if she got Alan Dershowitz. He seems like he's losing it. So yeah, I don't. I don't like, think that tack is very sharp anymore. 
Yeah, Gillian's too smart for that, unfortunately. But it would yeah. be pretty funny. Um, so should we just dive into this indictment? There's two documents here. There's an indictment, and then there is a what the fuck is it called? U.S. government detainment memorandum. Yeah. So, so let's go into the indictment first. Um, so let's start by just uh, going into what the indictment says. So basically, it lays out. Uh, again, in these years, Maxwell first attempted to befriend some of Epstein's minor victims prior to their abuse, including by asking the victims about their lives, their schools, and their families. They would spend time building friendships with minor victims by, for example, taking minor victims to the movies or shopping. Some of these outings would involve Maxwell and Epstein spending time together with a minor victim, while some would involve Maxwell or Epstein spending time alone with a minor victim. Um, so... Basically, it sounds like what the uh, the case is really built. They're really trying to build a case that, and they mentioned this in their um, press conference this morning, that Maxwell was grooming victims for Epstein. Yeah, they mentioned that a bunch, actually. I really found that interesting about this, especially I think grooming is like a really hot button word right now. Mm. But I mean, it really does apply pretty well to 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 what Epstein Galane did to their victims. Absolutely. I mean, the the thing that sort of none of none of what Liz just read off should surprise basically anybody who who knows much about the Epstein stuff because that was their MO. They would they would they would begin talking to a young girl over circumstances whether it was sometimes in Florida, you know, it would be about giving a massage that was not implied to be sexual. Or they, you know, they would just meet someone after school and be like, "Hey, you're really, it's you know, really creepy shit." Especially considering these were much older people and very young people, um, and then try to kind of like dazzle them by being nice. I mean, famously, uh, a couple of the magicians that 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 Epstein was friends with, um, fuck, uh, what was it, David Blaine and mm. uh, David Copperfield? Yes, uh, they, uh, they, they both supplied tickets to to Epstein for for him to take young girls to their shows. And so like they would try to like impress these girls and befriend these girls because that makes grooming them easier. I mean that is grooming. Yeah. So the indictment continues it says having developed a rapport with the victim, Maxwell would try to normalize sexual abuse for minor victims by among other things discussing sexual topics, undressing in front of the victims, being present when a minor victim was undressed, and or being present for sex acts involving the minor victim and Epstein. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that is definitely tracks with everything we know about her. I mean, famously, Ghislaine had a very dirty mouth uh, and wasn't funny, but just said, like, shocking sexual stuff. Yeah. Pretty much constantly regardless of company right and the idea of like a grown woman kind of i mean as they say trying to normalize sexual abuse by saying you know being that candid around children saying this is all normal this creating this like environment where none of this would seem inappropriate or um abusive you know exploitative etc uh i mean I, i i just think that's like textbook grooming that's what yeah. we. That's what that word, you know, traditionally means. Yeah, and there is like a heavy throughout this indictment. You know, the way these things work is they often repeat themselves. I think that's sort of something you have to do legally. 
Um, but there is, there's again, very heavy emphasis on the grooming aspects here because a lot of that is actually what she's being charged with because a lot of this is, is basically sex trafficking charges. And to explain that, like you have to explain that, that she was involved in trafficking these girls for the purposes of sex and that basically every action she took with this girls was, these girls was leading up to them having sex with either her or Epstein or both, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's another part that says through, through this process, Maxwell and Epstein enticed victims to engage in sexual activity with Epstein. In some instances, Maxwell was present for and participated in the sexual abuse of minor victims. Some such incidents occurred in the context of massages, which developed into sexual encounters. Yeah, so this is something that, again, you know, like we like we said previously, or like we said previously, like that we really tried to hammer home about Gillane, and it's good to see that, you know, hopefully this will be more covered by the people covering it, if there are yeah. still people covering this. Um, that, you know, she was an active, um, not just participant, but, uh, you know, an active abuser in these in this um in these situations with these young girls. So they talk too about the location of the assaults because that's obviously pretty important to the case they're building. You know, a lot of it, for at least some of it, hinges on bringing girls across state lines for sexual purposes. Um, the locations they name, and there's actually pictures too, are Epstein's mansion in New York City, his Palm Beach uh, mansion, and his Zorro Ranch mansion. There's no mention of Little St. James, which a lot of people were confused by, but... Epstein bought Little St. James in 1998. Um, and so there's, I mean, unless he was on vacation or something, there's, there's, that's not going to be mentioned in this. Um, there, there's three victims, like we said. And the first victim is a victim one, they call her, uh, is a 14-year-old. I don't want to get too into the details of these. Um, you can sort of infer, obviously, from basically his entire MO, or their entire MO. But it mentions how Maxwell groomed her, made her comfortable, and then unleashed Epstein on her. So that's a classic Ghislaine maneuver uh, in which she sort of, and I'm putting quotes around this, seduces the girl and makes her feel maybe like a woman or feel really, you know, valued and loved. And then she, uh, then she, she gets the girl's trust and gives her to Epstein. Um, this one, though, is notable, too, because they mentioned specifically they traveled across state lines with this girl, Florida and New York. Mm. Same with the with victim two. And, and that in that instance, it takes it takes place in New Mexico, where, of course, we know that Epstein had uh, Zorro Ranch, which could mm -hmm. be a possible location where this took place. Um, they had flown into New Mexico from out of state at Epstein's invitation um, and this was for the purpose of being groomed and, you know, subjected to acts of sexual abuse. This one, it says Maxwell groomed her via giving the girl a massage, which also really tracks with what Maxwell, you know, has been reported constantly as doing is when, which she would, you know, Epstein would be sitting there and she'd grab his foot and be like, Hey, let me show you how to massage it or how to give a massage to like a girl there. If, if she hadn't done that kind of thing before. Um, and, and it just shows like how sick this relationship is too. Like she, I don't know. It's, it's like a lot of pedophiles kind of combine operations on like the actual pedophilia and the grooming part. And it's kind of seems like Epstein outsourced his grooming to Ghislaine. 
which mm. which I think is is incredibly strange. I think this victim, I, I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if it's for sure, but I think this victim is one that has had uh, a fair few stories about her. Mm. Uh, mm. And I'm I'm I don't think there's the wrong way. I'm hoping it is just because I I know that she would like to get some measure of justice on mm. this and and can't imagine that that you know also in a civil suit with Galane the Galane said for the suit to be stopped because there was an active criminal investigation and so that that leads me to believe that 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 this is that woman uh victim 3 is is one that I found notable because it takes place in London so like Epstein and Galane recruited from everywhere. I mean, they recruited from, you know, obviously New York, Palm Beach, uh, also in New Mexico. And Virginia Jeffrey has said, too, that, that at one point she was supposed to go to Southeast Asia to procure a girl that they had somehow come in contact with or more likely come in contact with her pimps or owners or whatever you want to call it. Um, but this girl, it, it doesn't say that she's British, but it does say that Ghislaine met her in Britain, mm. right? Yeah. And I, I should have mentioned this earlier. The, the indictment also states that Ghislaine's townhouse in London is a location uh, of, of interest, you might say here. Mm. And so it, same story as the other ones, grooming, manipulating, encouraged massage of Epstein, etc. Yeah. So there's a couple other counts that we should mention. Um, count two is enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. Um, and so this what this is basically uh, alleging that Ghislaine uh, tried to persuade, uh, coerce, induce the victims to travel, uh, you know, you know, between states, across state lines, and, you know, to foreign countries to engage in uh, sexual activity, basically, I mean, criminal sexual activity. Yeah. So count three is is pretty similar. It's conspiracy to transport minors with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Uh, and this, this one, I mean, the actual, like, law surrounding this says a person who knowingly transports an individual who has not attained the age of 18 years in interstate or foreign commerce or in any commonwealth territory or possession in the U.S., with intent to, uh, the, that the individual engage in prostitution or in any sexual activity for which any person can be charged with a criminal offense, shall be fined under this title in prison not less than ten years, uh, for ten years or for life. So, any sexual activity for which any person can be charged with a criminal offense, well, obviously, any sexual activity would be uh, the molesting of a child, mm. and any person, not only Ghislaine but Epstein here. So, yeah. Yeah, that- and this charge is alleging conspiracy, which is a little bit different. So that's that's getting into basically that she was, um, that basically, you know, it's these group sexual encounters that they cite so that other people are involved. So it's not just her. So that's, that's going to be interesting if they can prove that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she also gets accused in the indictment, although I don't think this is an actual charge against her, of sexual abuse in the third degree, which is unlike the New York Penal Code. So I can't really tell how that's actually going to play into this trial. Uh, count four is transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. This one is, again, very similar. Uh, this one is, is basically the, the last one. 
except I believe it's without the conspiracy part. So I'm not really sure. Again, not a fucking lawyer. Don't know why they're adding very similar charges. It could be to just like see which ones stick or more provable. That's what I would do. Um, but yeah, same deal here. So the last or the last couple counts are, are really interesting because um, they're actually counts of perjury, mm-hmm. which now, is I'll pretty funny. You, if I knew that you could call the police on women for lying, I would. Oh, brother. Things would be very different for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got two counts of perjury. Yeah, so this is pretty good. So it says, on or about April 22nd, 2016, in the Southern District of New York, Ghislaine Maxwell, having taken oath to testify truthfully in her deposition in connection with a case then pending, uh, knowingly has made false declarations. She gave the following underlined false testimony. Question, did Jeffrey Epstein have a scheme to recruit underage girls for sexual massages? Answer, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? <laughs> It that reminds rule, me of that. It's, it's amazing like, that she's being she's perjured when she just said, I don't know what you're talking about. Because it's like, yes, she did know what you were talking about. I know. I wish we could like insert that Mariah Carey gif that's like, I don't know her. Like, that's just <laughs> what I imagine Gillian yeah, Maxwell like, doing. Uh, question. List all the people under the age of 18 that you interacted with at any of Jeffrey's properties. Answer. I'm not aware of anybody that I interacted with other than obviously the plaintiff, who's unnamed, who was 17 at this point. And then we got a six count, two of perjury as well. Do you want to you read that bad boy for us? It's a little bit longer, but it's also, I think, kind of important. Uh, sure. Question. Were you aware of the presence of... Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Qu- qu- <laughs> question. Were you aware of the presence of sex toys or devices used in sexual activities in Mr. Epstein's Palm Beach house? Answer. No, not that I recall. So I want to jump in here and say you do recall it, Ghislaine Maxwell, because there is testimony from multiple people that you had a fucking dresser full of sex toys. Insane. Question. Do you know whether Mr. Epstein possessed sex toys or devices used in sexual activities? Answer. No. Wrong. (laughs) Question. Other than yourself and the blonde and brunette that you have identified as having been involved in three-way sexual activities, with whom did Mr. Epstein have sexual activities? Answer. I wasn't aware that he was having sexual activities with anyone when I was with him other than myself. So, such a lie. That is felony perjury right there. (laughs) Question. I want to be sure that I'm clear. Is it your testimony that in the 1990s and 2000s, you were not aware that Mr. Epstein was having sexual activities with anyone other than yourself and the blonde and brunette on those few occasions when they were involved with you? Answer. That is my testimony. That is correct. Also wrong. There's I a mean, few more questions that are literally just about if she's given massage or seen people give a massage. Yeah, too. I mean, okay, so I want to like just pause for a second because I want to say this about my sense with Gilead, and maybe this can get into uh, <laughs> the hilarious uh, transcript, barely a transcript of the call that she was on for her like bail hearing or whatever mm-hmm. this morning. But like 
this does this seems like a very overconfident woman. Like there are, and and you know, this is what they say in the indictment that they have diary entries, testimony, they have secondhand testimony, they have like so much to that can really uh, eat at or really support these perjury charges. Yeah, and like it takes a real like you know confidence woman, confidence man to sit there and just. I mean, those are such blatant lies that are so easily disprovable, allegedly, I think. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I mean, the hubris is just remarkable. And I think that is maybe a component of her personality that we haven't accounted for in the past. Yeah, it is sort of incredible just how, I think overconfident is the right word, just like how sure of this herself that this woman was. That like, I mean, even if you go back to that that photo that that she had released of her at the In and Out Burger with the uh, the the CIA book, um, just releasing that just stunk so much of like of hubris, exactly, just like sort of taunting, like you can't catch me, and sort of too smart by half kind of bullshit. Yeah. So I do want to read then from this. <laughs> Uh, this is Mike Sachs, Esquire. Don't know who he is. Um, but he is on the presentment conference call. And, you know, so it's a bunch of journalists and, and like courtroom news reporters following, uh, this presentment call and, you know, they can't see anyone. So he, it sounds like he doesn't know who's who or, or, who, or what's going on. Right. So I'm just going to read from his tweets because it's very, very funny. <laughs> On the Ghislaine Maxwell presentment conference call, a cheery female British accent voice goes, Who are you? <laughs> Several times before automated moderator goes, Participants on this call are now in listen-only mode. It continues. What the fuck is going on? I don't understand. Literally, what the fuck? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand, says the increasingly distraught British-accented female Jesus voice. Jesus Christ. Please, mute your lines, people, says the moderator. So he says, uh, we think that maybe that's Maxwell, but we're not totally sure. He says, my money's on Maxwell because the rest of us don't have the power to mute or unmute ourselves. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and now they seem to be trying to get her back on a conference call from the holding room. So Incredible. An, an auspicious beginning to her prison journey. I mean, she sounds hysterical. I yeah, love it. Which, which makes sense. I truly think that she thought this might just blow over. So there's also another document, the U.S. Government Detainment Memorandum. Mm, love a memorandum. This has some pretty choice uh, lines in it, and including some stuff that we didn't know before. One of them says, and, and basically all of it sums up to, this lady is not getting bail. Uh, yeah. But, but one of the lines that stood out to me was, in short, Maxwell has three passports, large sums of money, extensive international connections, very true, and absolutely no reason to stay in the United States and face the possibility of a lengthy prison sentence. Yeah, I mean, that's been clear from the start. <laughs> but they really lay it out, and there's some really interesting details in here that um, I'm hoping some enterprising financial gumshoes might... Fin gums. <laughs> that's very cute and disgusting at the same time. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, they basically lay out a case for, like we said, why she shouldn't get bail. And 
um, they go into kind of not too specifically uh, a lot of financial transactions um, and various bank accounts that she that she has that you know we haven't obviously have no idea about any of this so it's very interesting. Um, Based on the government's investigation to date, the government has identified more than 15 different bank accounts held by or associated with Maxwell from 2016 to the present. So that's only 2016. And during that same period, the total balances of those accounts have ranged from a total of hundreds of thousands of dollars to more than 20 million. Now, let's just pause for a second. That's quite the difference. <laughs> yes. Also, that's so in a this lot of money. Yeah, in the span of four years, her accounts have ranged from a couple hundred thousand dollars to twenty million dollars. Yeah, and well, well, I mean, she just has fifteen accounts, so I guess she's just got a bunch of different sums of money in these different accounts. Um, it is extremely strange, though, that like, first of all, that she has so many. I mean, rich people always have a lot of bank accounts, um, but. It's it, it, the foreign bank account containing more than a million dollars is odd, but it's not insane considering that it could be an Israeli bank, could be a French bank, could be a British bank, could be a bank in one of these countries that basically just does, you know, sketchy banking for people. Um, I, I will say that there's a little footnote here. Uh, the government additionally notes that somewhat further back in time, in transaction occurring between 2007 and 2011, approximately more than $20 million was transferred from accounts associated with Jeffrey Epstein to accounts associated with defendant, including amounts in the millions of dollars that were then subsequently transferred back to accounts associated with Epstein. Mm, yeah, so that's very strange. No um, clue what, what that's about. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, mm, I don't want to use the L word, but moving some money around between good friends. <laughs> Who doesn't do that? I always shoot my friend $20 million and then have them return it like a couple years later. Yeah, so she's like, I mean, that's one thing they really point to is the defendant engaged in transfers between her accounts of hundreds of thousands of dollars at the time, including at least several significant transfers as recently as 2019. So she's transferring $500,000 of money in between different accounts to $300,000. Um, you know, uh, lady's got access to a lot of money and boy, is she moving it around. Yeah, she's just grooving along with that kind of shit. I mean, she paid for this house in cash, million dollars. And a lot of people, including myself, have speculated exactly where... Gal I mean, Ghislaine obviously came from a rich, though bankrupt, family. Um, she has a lot of capital, and it's a little unclear exactly how she got it. She was, of course, enmeshed with one of uh, extremely rich person. So that doesn't really surprise me, but we we've never really gotten a glimpse into our finances like this before. Yeah, I like. There's a couple two two other things I want to mention with this. Um, thereafter, the defendant, who had previously made many public appearances, stopped appearing in public entirely, instead hiding out in locations in New England. Moreover, it appears that she made intentional efforts to avoid detection, including moving locations at least twice, switching her primary phone number, which she registered under the name GMAX. <laughs> she actually had a corporation called GMAX as well at one point that I couldn't find anything about except for the name. I just thought that was very funny. 
Uh, that's her. That's her SoundCloud rap name. One thing too that the assistant director, I believe, of the FBI said during this press conference was that she had they had they actually had known where she was this whole time and had had decided to snatch her up after she slithered. He used that word, slithered down to a beautiful property in New Hampshire. <laughs> she does kind of slither. She's a they. Yeah, yeah. They end this with a bit of a cruel note, little twist of the knife. The defendant appears to have no ties that would motivate her to remain in the United States. She has no children, does not reside with any immediate family members, and does not have any employment that would require her to remain in the United States. <laughs> well, like, that's true. I believe her employers do come from another country. Yeah. But. She's a, uh, you know, dried up old bitch. No children. Yep. No family. Mm-hmm. You know, the decline of the girl chest. boss. Save from your chest, baby. <laughs> so what's gonna happen is this lady gonna fucking die or what well that's the i don't know million dollar question right i mm-hmm. mean look long time true and on listeners will know that we i think it was our first episode when we were talking with a friend of the pod matthew chrisman mm-hmm. we said dang it would be so crazy they're not actually gonna kill him yeah. There's no way. And lo and behold. Killed his know? ass. Yeah, he dead. Mm-hmm. He's been dead. Now, I, I, could, will, they, will the same fate meet Ghislaine? I don't I, know. I don't, you know, I, my, honestly, my tendency is to say no. Because that would I know, be a little. No, that's my gut feeling. I, I think if I were, were anybody who might not want her to talk, I would make her catatonic basically. Mm. And that say she suffered from mental illness, mental break. It's the Jack Ruby thing where yeah. you drive them insane. And so their testimony makes zero sense and they discredit themselves. Now there's, we've got a bit of a, you know, uh, there's another situation, which is, you know, my girl could get COVID. That's true. She, she is old as fuck <laughs> and she could get COVID-19 in prison. Or in jail, excuse me. That would be very convenient for a lot of people. I could see there being a trial that's basically a show trial, and she just pleads the fifth, and we don't hear anything, but there's some kind of trial that happens. Mm-hmm. I, or, I, could, I, I don't know. see that. You know what I, I mean? Know. I, honestly, like today I've been trying to think of what's going to happen, mm. and I'm going to need a couple of days to see how things go. Yeah, sure. Uh, but this is it, a hot take reaction episode. True, true. I mean, fuck. It could be that she was picked up basically as revenge by by Strauss to, well, to stick the needle in Trump. Another question. Mm-hmm. Is there a Mrs. Tartaglioni? So, woo, sirens winding down. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> that was, we haven't done an emergency episode for a long time. Um, I'm so happy that <laughs> this happened when it did because we were going to record yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it would have been bad if we put that episode out when everyone wanted a Gillian episode. Oh, it would have been terrible. I mean, we, we would have had to do this either way. No, I, I am actually very, I'm looking forward to this because as, as, as people know, uh, you know, a lot of the Epstein drip has, has dried up uh, from a lot of places. And this is basically opening the faucet. Mm, and the I'm other dr- faucet. Drinking like a thirsty dog. 
Yeah. Uh, I know. My first reaction this morning was like, I should go to New Hampshire. <laughs> but she's not even there yet. She's not anymore. there. Well, she's, she, she, she would be gone by the time I get there. True. But I still, I don't know. I want to see her. Man. I want to see her. New York's right there, baby. I know, but they won't do it in person. It'll be Zoom. Oh, fuck. You're right. I know. I got to end COVID so I can see her. Yes. Because if I can no, talk to plan. her, I can solve this. I think you could break her. I, I'm easily. But she's old. No. Just like, <laughs> bop, bop, bop. All right. We got to get this out to the people. All right. Uh, let's let's shut her down. Okay, my name is Brace. I'm Liz. And we got producer Young Chopsky. Give him a goodbye, Liz. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.